Welcome to Relation Fix, the podcast dedicated to creating healthy, happy, and passionate connections with our loved ones. I'm Shana Dubay, your host. Let's dive in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to our second episode. Frank is with me again today. The producer. Hello. Frank, the producer. If you missed our first episode last week on self-love, feel free to go back and take a listen. Frank and I discussed how loving yourself is really the foundation of loving relationships. You You... won't want to miss that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you won't want to miss it. You you won't. You better go check it out now. For sure. So today we're going to talk about a really important piece of communication, energy. So Frank. Shana. Have you ever felt like when you're trying to communicate with someone that you love, it's kind of like a losing battle, like they never get you? (laughs) Or... (laughs) Or maybe you say the same things over and over again, and it just like never seems to make a difference or sink in. Do we go for a longer answer or a short (laughs) resounding yes? Uh, I also have had that experience. Yeah. So It's, it's frustrating for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of different reasons why this can be the case. But oftentimes, one of the things that I see as the biggest difference is the energy that we bring to a relationship. So masculine and feminine energy really see things differently and learning how to communicate when coming from these different energies is really, really important. This is a skill that we don't really get taught. So in this episode, we are going to cover how these different energies think, feel, and act in order to help bridge the gap in your communication and your relationships. I'm very excited for this. And also you want to stay towards the end. Because we're going to have, you know, we definitely have some responses from the internet world on this topic and a lot of different takes on it. Also, don't forget to um, share this episode with people and to rate the podcast and do all that fun stuff to help us out while we help you out. Yes, people's input on this has been really interesting. There's some really interesting talking points And I just want to send a quick thank you for all the people who responded to our posts. I I truly appreciate it. Yes, thank you so much. So there's two basic energy types in an intimate relationship, masculine and feminine. No matter what type of relationship you're in, we all emit these two types of energy and we tend to attract the opposite in an intimate relationship, not in a friendship. So sorry, I have a question. Sure. What if you're someone that you know, a lot of my experiences come from same sex relationships and attractions. Mm. So mm-hmm. what if you view yourself as somewhat masculine and you're attracted to a masculine energy that maybe isn't so or like you're striving towards something that maybe isn't opposite but similar to your own? So there can be a lot of reasons as to why you would be attracted to someone who had similar energy. But when we talk about like Um, like sexual attraction or intimacy, that piece, then you're probably not going to have as much unless one person transitions to a a different energy Mm. because it creates polarity. And that's something that we're going to talk about a little later in the episode. Um, But polarity is what kind of creates passion and excitement and, and that type of intense intimacy. Without polarity, you don't have it as much. You can be friends with someone who has a similar energy, or you can be in a relationship with someone who has similar energy, but then a lot of times the passion dies. And so there's a lot of reasons why you might be attracted to that type of person, but 
you might not have the same level of passion. Of course, there can always be outliers, but generally speaking, that's that's mostly the case. So it's really important to note that although I'm using the terms masculine and feminine, this is really more about how your energy is projected and how you process problems rather than the typical gender expressions we think about as masculine or feminine. These energies are also on a continuum. So rather than just one or the other masculine or feminine, a single person can actually shift between them depending upon the relationship that they're in, the time of their life, their confidence level, gender expression, those types of things. And we all really have both masculine and feminine energy in us. We just tend to feel more comfortable in one or another or express one or another depending upon the situation. Let's break it down a little bit further. So healthy masculine energy presents itself as directive, action-oriented, strong, protective. It's very energetic. There's an energy about it that is driven. And masculine people really know how to like get things done, not just talk about it. There, there is a drive to it. On the more unbalanced side of things... Uh, we've all heard of toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Um, this can kind of present itself more in a space of like domineering or controlling. And to be realistic, at times it's been very violent. It, what's interesting is they did a study at Boston College and they asked men what did they need to be in order to fit within social norms. And one of their top answers was violence. And another was the suppression of all other emotions that are deemed weak. That's terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. But you can see how even though it might not typically be what is most comfortable as masculine, the pressures of these societal norms have a significant influence on how masculine energy is expressed. These are not really what true masculine energy is, but rather what it has become in order for men to keep power over others in a patriarchal society. So during the beginning of the feminist movement, and still a lot of times today women do this, women often become much more masculine in their energetic projection in order to feel safer and to become more successful in a patriarchal society. Now, the opposite is feminine energy. So feminine energy is very different But I want all the feminine people out there to understand that it's just as powerful in its own right. Feminine energy is intuitive. It's fluid. It's receptive. It's nurturing. So feminine energy has long been seen in Western societies as weaker. They have often been, we've often been called like the weaker sex. And therefore, it's really been exploited for millennia. In reality... You know, men are the most dangerous creatures a woman will ever meet or feminine energy will ever meet. And in response, we have definitely created some negative expressions of feminine energy as well. We can often be controlling or critical in an effort to keep ourselves safe. I have heard many men describe women as nagging or domineering, um, especially in long-term relationships. That's something that I hear often. And they're often right. You know, we do sometimes move into that space as a way to try to keep ourselves safe and to survive something that feels stressful for us. Why is that? Why do you think 
that the most dangerous creature a woman will ever meet is a man. Because if you look at things statistically, like 92% of women who are killed are killed by their partner, their male partner. Um, If you look at people in the trans or gay community, a lot of them are killed by men. It doesn't mean that there aren't women out there who can kill, but if you're looking at danger, the things that happen are most often male to female or masculine to feminine. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, violent expression. But if you look at the statistics, you know, you really can see how women have been ruled over or feminine energy has been ruled over because men are physically stronger. It's it definitely can be very dangerous as like intuitive creatures. And because this has been the tradition over years and millennia of our existence, we have learned that we have to find a way to survive. An interesting side note is I did a Tony Robbins event once. He asked a question, said, all the men in the room, if you have there, there probably was like 25,000 people there. All the men in the room, if you have worried about your personal safety in the past week, raise your hand. And like one person raised their hand. He's like, if you've worried about your personal safety in the past month, raise your hand. And like two more people raised their hand. And he's like, if you've worried about your personal safety in the past three months, raise your hand. And there's maybe like 10 guys. And then he said, all the women in the room or anyone who's who considers themselves more feminine, if you have worried about your personal safety in the past month, raise your hand. 95% of women raise their hand. 95%. Wow. He said, if you've worried about your safety in the past two weeks and like a few women put their hands down, if you've worried about your personal safety in the past week and still like at least 90 percent of them kept their hand up. And it's because we think about our personal safety all the time. If you ask women, do you go somewhere in the dark? Do you go out to the hand or things like this? Because this is something that we think about all the time. And we're not worried about meeting a weird animal in the parking lot. We're worried about men. And does that mean that that's always going to happen? Or does that mean that every woman feels this way? No, it doesn't. But the the vast majority of them do. And so this is something that we just know energetically and we teach our daughters as we're growing up. These are things you need to watch out for because the world is not safe where men are concerned. And so that kind of energy, our feminine energy is about safety and that matters so much that we oftentimes will become incredibly controlling or domineering in a relationship in order to make sure that we feel safe. Now, it's not the best way to handle it, but sometimes we don't know any better. So what if, because I know we said that violence is like something, is like a toxic, like a negative or a toxic trait of Mm. like masculine energy. What if a man has more feminine energy? Like, would they still have a similar level? Like, could they still have a similar level of violence or would it be decreased or like, what are your thoughts on that? I think that even if you're feminine biologically a woman or if you're feminine biologically a man or you're trans or or uh non-binary i think that you can definitely have you know violence or anger as part of who you are anybody can snap um anybody can you know get to the point where they have a really difficult time but when you look at what feminine energy usually brings to the table it's not generally violence 
Now, obviously there are outliers. Um, but if you have a man who has more, more feminine energy, I think, well, you know what, you can probably tell me better. What do you think? Do you feel like in, in the world that you've seen, do you feel like more feminine men tend to be violent? Do you see that kind of violence with them? I don't I've seen, you know, usually I tend to pair anger with violence Hmm. and I've just, I've seen different levels, like regardless of whether they were male or female. I've seen, I guess, like it's been more on the individual whether, yeah, like they would be more angry mm-hmm. or more violent towards a situation or something. Mm-hmm. But I also don't know if that has to also do. I don't know if there is a connection with like the masculine feminine energy within those individuals as well. Maybe a little bit ties in. And maybe there's other factors as well, but I do tend, you know, when you when you were saying earlier, when you were answering the question about men being seen as like the most dangerous thing to women, when you were talking about the trans community and how many of them have been attacked, I, I do notice it's been, you know, it usually is men or it's been like people within their own race or community or Mm-hmm. things like that. Now there there certainly can be people, women or feminine energy who have been against trans people or yeah, or, or gay people certainly. We've seen, you know, look at JK Rowling and all the stuff that came out, you know, I mean clearly not an ally. But I guess part of it would depend on how you define violence. In my mind, violence has an action associated with it. So anger, in my opinion, can be a precursor to violence, but violence is action oriented. So I think you can be angry no matter who you are, what energy you have. Certainly a feminine person can be angry. Um, But are they going to take the action to actually physically hurt someone or throw things or break things like that kind of action oriented space tends to be much more masculine. And if it's a woman or someone who's more feminine, then maybe they shift into their masculine energy because what we said was masculine energy is, is action oriented. It's driven forward moving. So there's an action expressive space. And maybe that comes from the testosterone. It kind of gives you more push to do that kind of stuff. But certainly women can do that. Certainly um, feminine men can can become violent. Anybody can come, become violent. Oh. But it's not generally their natural state. They shift more into masculine energy. It's not, it's not really the natural state for masculine people either. But because of dysfunction and the society that we live in and, and the suppression of masculine expression of other types of emotion – Oftentimes it's filtered into anger and violence because anger and violence is considered very masculine. Both energies actually kind of think and respond to things differently, but most people, we don't learn about this. So the way to understand this is to understand our evolution. So even though we're living now in 2023 in modern times, our brain is tens of hundreds of thousands of years old. Sometimes it happens, evolution happens over millions of years. So when we were hunters and gatherers, the masculine of the tribe would hunt. So men would go out, they would walk side by side, they would say very little to each other, if anything, because you don't want to scare away the prey. 
They would only express to each other what was absolutely necessary, and they were totally focused on one thing. Kill this thing and bring it home. Yeah, we got to eat. Yeah, absolutely. And it was really important because we needed that sustenance to live. It was really important for the way that we lived, but it was very specific. We're focusing on one thing. Let's go get this, kill it, and bring it home. It was not important for them to like really discuss things. There wasn't a lot of discussion that's just like figure out what is the thing that we need to do, do it, and go home. That's it. It was very cut and dry like that. The feminine of the tribe, we were gatherers. This was actually the main source of sustenance for the tribe. Mostly what we eat was things that could be gathered because you could never guarantee that you would get anything on a hunt. They needed to know every single detail of where to go, what time, where were the bear caves so we wouldn't get eaten. Where do we go to find the right berries or grasses or foods? Where, uh, what are the berry markers? Like what are the specific things that we know about each berries? Because if we pick the wrong ones and bring it home, then we would just kill everyone. So those are things that we had to know were very detail oriented. And we were very detail oriented and our brains evolved that way in order to keep everyone alive. It was a survival tactic. So then when the women got back to the community, what did they have to do? They had to sit down and share everything that they knew. So we sat in circles facing each other, processing what we were doing. And then we would give our so-called meadow report or as, as my daughter's father likes to call it, you're giving me your field report. Everyone was on the same page and that no one would accidentally go out and get killed or bring back something that would kill a bunch of other people. So we had to share it. So you can see that the communication level for these two energies is very different. And our brains evolved in that way. These differences in purpose in, in our jobs caused our brains to evolve in a different way so that masculine people, they actually process problems with only one hemisphere of the brain. So if you look at a man's brain, um, they only process with the left hemisphere, which is the logical side. They don't feel the need to like talk about things in excess or in great detail. Their brain just aren't set up for that because that's not how they evolved. This is why men often don't understand why women always have to talk about things so much. And we do. We like to talk about things. They're much more direct. They're very succinct. Masculine energy is very much what's the problem and how do I fix it? Then they just want to go and do it. So you're not necessarily saying this is just all men, but more so masculine energy. Yes, because in I, I know it's easy to confuse like. Yeah. So I think that we could look at it biologically as a biological male, except what we know is that biology is not that black and white, that there are many different differences. We think of, you know, gender or sexual or biological sex as being like X, 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 Y, but that's actually not true. There's a lot of different uh, chromosomal differences that create different types of things. But if you are more feminine, then maybe you weren't biologically a woman, but you would have been part of the hunter gatherer or you would have been part of the gatherer piece because your brain was good at detail. Your brain was good at processing. And then you came home and did that. So that's actually part of the nurture piece, too, would be maybe you were part of that space rather than going out. And also on the same token, you know, there were women who 
could hunt and do those types of things. And so they would develop in a little bit different way. I know we're presenting it in a way that feels like very black and white. It's not black and white, but sometimes we have to talk a little bit in generalizations to get an overview. And generally speaking, people with very masculine energy are very much like, what's the problem? How do I fix it? And my relationship with my ex-husband, we were ve- he was very much like that. I don't want to hear all this stuff. Just tell me what's wrong so that I can fix it and move forward. And so you can see how that would be very much like, tell me where the prey is. <laughs> I'm going to go hunt it and I'm going to bring it back. Just, I don't want, I don't know what all this is. Just what, what do I need to do? You know, and that's, can be really frustrating for, for feminine people. I mean, even, even in a, in a same sex relationship too, certain men would have that same thought process. Very much as so. Well that, yeah, that's some more energy. Yeah, very much so. And like, I'm in a same sex relationship now. And so there are times where we both shift back and forth between masculine and feminine. And it can be tough because sometimes you just are like, just tell me what, what is the problem so that I can just fix it. You know, you can, you can move into that. And that's why these energies is really much more on a continuum because depending upon where you're at, you can really shift back and forth. But I wanted to illustrate how our brains have evolved differently. And so if you look at feminine people, they often don't think our process the same way at all. So feminine people, I'm include myself in that. We process problems with both hemispheres of the brain, with logic and emotion. So we actually have evolved to have many more neural connections between the two hemispheres of the brain, the logical and emotional side, as well as developing a larger hippocampus, which is the part of the brain that deals with learning, memory, and critical thinking. And that is to remember all this detail, to learn and have good executive functioning while the men are off. And we have to keep people safe and make sure the the community is healthy and grows. So feminine people often want to talk about things in much greater detail in order to process the emotion of it and the logic of it rather than solely attempting to fix it. So if men are like, what's the problem and how do I fix it? Women are like, I don't need you to fix it. I need you to hear me. I need to feel understood. I need you to understand where I'm coming from that so you can understand the emotion of it. But oftentimes the masculine or men don't don't understand that as much because they don't have the same need. They don't process with both hemispheres of the brain. And so they they don't see that. It's really interesting to kind of see how that works. There was a film I just saw called Women Talking. If anyone has not seen that, you should see it. It's really really good, but it shows you kind of how women process and the point of talking and what happens in a leadership space with women who are trying to figure out what to do. So it was, it's really interesting example of this type of thing of using both logic and emotion and how it toggles back and forth between the two. Are there any situations where feminine people would have a miscommunication with masculine people or masculine energy because you were saying that essentially there's kind of like that that piece that's missing for masculine energy to under like that that lack of understanding Mm -hmm. is there anything on the reverse end (laughs) all the time (laughs) yeah totally because 
because women are, are like, why don't you understand where I'm coming from? Like, I don't understand how you don't know what I need. You don't understand the detail of this. You can't understand why it's important for me to express it. Because I think that women or people who are feminine think that if, if men or masculine people don't want to talk about the emotional space, that they don't care. That's probably the thing that I see the most that comes from the feminine side is masculine people. They don't care. They don't care about me. They don't care how I feel. And it's simply not true. They don't understand because it's not how they process, but it's not true. Actually, they probably care about you very much. They really want you to be happy, but they don't understand what it is that you need. And so instead they go into this mode of what do I need to do to fix this? Or I, I don't know why you're stressed out. I did X, Y, and Z. And it's not about doing. And so the miscommunication that can come on the feminine side is thinking that they don't care. My, and, and it's just not true. My feminine energy is screaming right now. <laughs> yes. Right. And I, I've been in that position multiple times. I used to think about that all the time about how, oh, you know, he did X, Y and Z, but who cares? He wouldn't have done that. You know, he doesn't do that for me. He did that because it just had to be done. Not seeing that, you know, that's oftentimes how masculine expresses their love and care and concern. But we, we misinterpret those actions to be like it doesn't have anything to do with us or that they're trying to, to push you through your feelings or they don't want to talk about their feelings. But it's because men often feel like or masculine people, especially if they're very masculine, they feel like, why do I have to sit and listen to all this or or I've done something wrong and I don't want to listen to you nag mm -hmm. at me instead of recognizing that women just like to process things. They like to process and talk about it and to open up because that's that's how we process. We process with both hemispheres of the brain. And so it can happen on both sides. Certainly, we tend to miss each other a lot. So that was a really good question, but very true. The, the feminine often expects that masculine energy will feel and think the same way. So this kind of goes back to what we were just talking about, is that most women or feminine people use indirect communication to express themselves. So that's another way that misinterpretation happens on a women mm -hmm. part. So they expect men or masculine people to understand their needs without asking. I've done that lots of times, right? So <sighs> you should just know what I want without me having to ask for it. Well, of course. I mean, we're all mind <laughs> yes. readers, right? Yes. And and here's the reason why. this I, I give this example all the time. If I was to send my partner to the store and they were to say, what do you want to eat? And I, I have a masculine partner. I'm feminine, right? And I say, oh, just pick me up anything. Your expectation is that when they go to the store, they're going to remember the details of the things that you generally like to eat. But what ends up happening is they come back and they got some like random thing that you got one time that you didn't even like with a weird drink. And you're like, why would you bring that back you for said, me? You said anything. And yes, that's it. Right. So you're going to be like, well, you didn't tell me what you wanted. And so inside we're hurt because we're like, he yeah. doesn't even care enough about me to know what I like. Mm hmm. And the guy is going, why couldn't you just tell me what you wanted? And 
because if we were to go to the store, we are going to remember in great detail this is the snack he likes. This is the thing he, this is the drink he likes. This is the book he likes. This is everything. And we're going to collect all those things because we've remembered all these things in great detail. And we feel so happy in giving that, that we're going to come back with exactly what they want. Men's brains don't work in the same way. They just don't, but it's not because they don't love us. They just don't communicate in that way. It's so much more complicated for us. And so we come back and say, you didn't do this. So it means you don't love me. And they say, why couldn't you just tell me? Cause you wanted me to fail. And so those things, that's how we get into battles because men are like, just tell me what you want. I want to give it to you. Please just tell me what you want. Help me help you. Right. <laughs> In the words of Jerry Maguire, right. Help me help you. But for women, and people who are feminine, we often feel like if we tell you, you're just going to do it out of obligation, not because you really want to. And we just want to know that you really love us. Well, and, do you ahead. think there, do you think, so let's say it was communicated exactly mm -hmm. what, like, let's say feminine energy exactly communicated what it was. Do you mm -hmm. think there's a bigger disappointment if masculine energy doesn't fall through? Yes, because I think it's hard. I think it's hard to be direct like that. Because women are are just often indirect. Women don't say what they mean. <laughs> the feminine does not say what they mean. They don't. I think that if we do manage to move past that a little bit and try to be confident in ourselves and our relationships and be direct, and then they don't follow through, that's a different thing, in my opinion. That's a different thing. Okay. Because you didn't set them up for failure. You gave them the exact formula. If they don't come back with it, then either there is a miscommunication or a passive aggressive thing or, you know, something like that. But if you're very clear in your communication and by clear saying, I would like a Coke and a bag of Doritos, <laughs> that's very clear. And they come back with, I don't know, there's a lot of Doritos. You, know, right? <laughs> you didn't say the flavor. <laughs> but if they come back with Lay's and a Sprite, break up with them no <laughs> yes right then okay then then it's either like you just have a poor memory or maybe next time we write it down you know that kind of thing we we definitely the feminine of us definitely tend to be much more indirect which is not very effective and it usually causes a lot of problems we do it as a way to have our partners prove in quotes that they love us so, but men don't communicate in this type of way. So um, I know I talked about the snacks at the store, but like another really, another interesting way to, to talk about indirect uh, communication from women is let's say you're on a road trip, right? And there's your masculine person is driving, your feminine person is in the passenger seat. Oh boy. And <laughs> right. And let's, we're just going to say it's a, it's a man and a woman. The wife says, honey, do you have to go to the bathroom? Now, I don't know what you all are thinking, but in my mind, I'm going, she has to go to the bathroom. But see how indirect that, it was? That, yeah, because she, even though she asked him the question, she really means yes. I have to go. So it's indirect. So men are not indirect. And so he would just go, no, I don't have to go to the bathroom. And then she's going to be hurt because he's like. I don't care that you have to go to the bathroom or he wasn't kind enough to ask me if I had to go to the bathroom instead of them just saying, Hey, can you pull over? Cause I have to go to the bathroom 
or can you pull at the next rest stop, right? But we we just we don't communicate that way. The right answer, <laughs> I say this, I say this in quotes, would be for him to say, "Honey, do you need to go to the bathroom?" And then what is a woman going to say? You would think she would just go, "Yes, I do need to go to the bathroom." But is she going to do that? Typically, no. She's not. She's going to say, oh, don't worry about me. No, no, it's okay. I can wait. And then a man would do a typical thing that a man would do. He would take her at her word, (laughs) which you can't do. And he would say, okay. And he would keep driving. And now she'd be upset. Uh, Honestly, this example would trip me up a lot. Only I, I just... I personally don't want to pee myself, (laughs) so (laughs) I would go, regardless of my energy, I need Mm -hmm. to go. (laughs) I mean, I think if it was an emergency, I think a woman might say that, but this is the type of way that that we communicate all the time with all sorts of things. I literally just did this the other day, Hmm. and it's, it's so hard. It's so hard for men and masculine energy to deal with this because it's not their fault. They're just, they're saying, they're answering directly, right? And a woman is just not answering directly. So what he needs to do is be like, no, we're going to stop. We're stopping at the next thing. She might say, no, no, that's okay. And he's like, nope. And he pulls over and he, and then she feels taken care of. Now, this is not the best way to communicate. I'm not advocating for this at all. And I don't think that this is a good way. But many women do communicate in this way. Many feminine people do communicate like this. So it's good to kind of understand that so that men or people who are more masculine can try to read between the lines a little bit more. Now, for the feminine or females, you should just try to be more direct. Ask for what you need, because if it's a person that you're with, they want to give it to you. So don't try to trick them or force them to prove that they love you by reacting in a very specific way. Don't try to make them do that because it sets them up for failure and it makes them feel really bad and it just pushes a web, a wedge into your relationship. So in reality, if you can try to be more direct and answer yes to the question or just say, honey, do you mind pulling over? I really have to go to the bathroom. Just be more direct because they want to serve you. They want you to be happy just like you want to serve them and to be happy too. And for men and masculine people, you know, try to understand that that women are sometimes not good at being direct and it might seem simple, but it's actually not always that simple because there's so much emotional space involved around the relationship and how we feel about ourselves and whether or not we're going to be an inconvenience or a burden and putting ourselves last. If we can have a little flex on both ways, it's really helpful. Well, something I sort of gathered from all of this Mm. was it's almost like it kind of sounded like someone wants the balance side from their partner without saying that. And I only say that because it kind of just sounded like, oh, well, the man, like you want the masculine energy to take that action, which is something positive about their energy Mm -hmm. and a woman's directness is something positive about her energy, correct? Or did I get that wrong or? Well, I just, I think, I think it's about kind of understanding how one or the other will, will communicate because it ends up creating such a, such a hard dynamic between the two of you, because now she feels unloved or uncared about, and he feels like he failed. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. And it ends up becoming an argument over something that didn't need to be an argument. And if she can learn how to be more direct in her way of communicating so that a man or masculine energy can understand where she's coming from because they're so much more direct, then it will be easier and create less stress. And if he can understand that sometimes that is really hard for women to do or for feminine energy to do is to be direct and, and succinct and not tell a, you know, an hour long story about something that's really hard for us to do because we really feel like the details matter because they do to us. They don't to you. My, I don't know. I'm I'm talking about him so much today, but my ex-husband used to say to me all the time, like, even though he's my ex-husband, we get along very well. We're very, we're friends. We're really good co-parents. He's, he's an awesome guy. He used to say to me, you're losing your audience because I wanted to tell everything in great detail. And so I learned how to scale back and literally in my head, I would start saying, is this part of the story necessary to get to the point? And if it wasn't, then I wouldn't say it. Now, if I was talking to someone who's feminine or a female friend or a male friend who's more feminine, then I would just say all the detail because they understand and they can be part of that space. Mm-hmm. But if I know I'm talking to a masculine male, I'm going to take out a lot of those pieces and maybe my meadow report will be like 15 minutes long <laughs> instead of well, maybe you know, just, an hour. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe not even just a masculine man, but a masculine energy in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A masculine man, masculine energy, anyone who comes with you. And typically we see like very masculine energy coming mostly from men. Yeah. So, you know, and especially in like typical heterosexual relationships, you run into that where the man tends to be quite masculine and doesn't get all this like, why is she talking for a hundred years about this? So I think there's flex that can happen on both sides. But if we understand how we think, then I then I think we can kind of be like, oh, this is this is her trying to give me her meta report so that she can understand how how she feels. And she can say, oh, he's getting impatient and having difficulty paying attention because I'm not getting to the point. So we can we can understand that and flex a little bit it makes things easier, in my opinion. So even with like some of the ripples that masculine femi- feminine energy have, they mm-hmm. also complement each other as well, right? Oh, very much so. In fact, they're they're really made for each other. They they create polarity and they attract. So we get that idea of like opposites attract. And that's what we're talking about with energy. So like really the difference between a friendship and a romantic relationship is intimacy because you're not generally having sex with your friends (laughs) or (laughs) generally. I say generally because we all know there's outliers to that. Been there. But anyway, so but intimacy really happens. Um, because of that type of attraction created by polarity, which happens from different energies. So attraction and passion doesn't usually happen without some sort of polarity. So think about this. What are the types of things that first attracted you to your mate? Or if you aren't in a relationship, what are the things that you find most attractive when you're thinking about a partner? And we sort of we sort of asked this online or a little bit yeah. related to that, at least with my audience, which tends to be more of gay men. There's other mixes as well of other individuals, but let's say like a good 85, 90 percent 
tends to be that type of audience. But I mean, I also am a gay man. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, in a way, your audience is you. Yeah. Essentially, or like yeah. you're going to attract people that are like you, think like you, etc. Definitely. But um, some themes, we could definitely go over some themes that we noticed because mm-hmm. there was tons of responses, which thank you so much for the over like 150 of those. The response was amazing. I am so appreciative. Yes. So the question that you asked was, why are guys typically attracted to more masculine energy over feminine energy? Correct. Yeah. One of the main themes that might even be a little bit of a misconception that we can get into is that, well, men are attracted to men, hence why we want masculine energy. Yeah, I I really think that that's, I understand where they're coming from, but I think it's a misconception. I think so, too. The reason I say that is because even in same-sex relationships, you tend to have someone who's a little bit more on the masculine side and someone who's a little bit more on the feminine side. And it doesn't mean you can't switch because sometimes people do. I mean that in every sense. (laughs) But you also can sometimes have someone who's more dominant in a certain area or more submissive in another area. In reality, that polarity, if you have strong sexual attraction, generally speaking, if you're attracted to someone who's very masculine, maybe you feel more comfortable in a feminine space. Even if you don't acknowledge that or understand that, your feminine energy, because we have we all have both in us. And so your f- more feminine energy is attracted to, you know, this masculine space, which comes from that polarity. You know, growing up for myself, I did notice, I mean, compared to today where I would be attracted to a lot of different types of energy and people I did notice growing up, there was a lot of like longing for that masculine energy. And I Mm. thought about maybe some reasons that could be happening. And maybe some of the reasons relate to why people say like, well, I'm a man. So I'm going for a man quote. And like they think of certain specific characteristics that identify Mm. that like go with a man in their mind and their image. Yeah. You know, for me, one of that was like certain you know, being gay, at least me growing up in a lot of these responses, these were men that were, I would say, in between the ages of like 25 and 45, 50, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of social mo- norms growing up, I think, you know, some were imprinted in me personally, where it's like, it made us in a way subconsciously search for this heteronormative connection that was advertised oh. to us so much yeah that's interesting and it's like as much as we do maybe a lot of us do accept that we are gay and we want to be with a man we still have some of these like jagged pieces of glass in us very much so yeah absolutely and i i really think that you know there's a lot involved especially around how the world sees gay people particularly men um particularly masculine men um how they see feminine men. Yeah. And, you know, someone had had posted on there about like some internalized misogyny. And, you know, there that's an interesting concept, an interesting idea of like how you would view yourself as a feminine man and a masculine man and what what that means to you as far as attraction and relationship is concerned. I noticed, too, and I know we talked about how well, we talked about women and trans women being targeted, but I, I noticed mm. personally, because obviously gay men are targeted 
Very much so. And I do notice a lot of the times when they are, it's because of something like some sort of feminine energy being exhibited where people are, where some people have like this preconceived notion on, well, no, that's not what a man would be doing and like with another man and they shouldn't be acting that way. Yeah, very much so. I I think that there there's a very definite idea of how gender should be expressed in our society and what roles we are supposed to play depending upon what other people actually assign us as our genders because there's yeah. there's a lot of this no, I think you are this gender and therefore you need to act in this way. There's a very much a societal expectation yeah. around that. And certainly that can impact our energies and how we express them both in relationship and what we're attracted to. Another thing I wanted to add quick Mm -hmm. with just like certain things that I was trying to recognize in myself on why I would feel this way. Mm. And that I was curious on what your take was on was that when I was like going after this masculine energy Mm. in a way it was like, Maybe trying to find qualities that I felt I was lacking within myself. Certainly. And that would create polarity, right? So so essentially, you're attracting what you don't think you have. Yeah. Right? So I'm attracted to the opposite of myself. And that's why they say like opposites attract because it's really kind of true. And so what you're saying is this is what I feel as if I'm lacking in myself. And by being around this person or being with this person, you know, it fills that void in a certain way. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense to me. So I thought one of the most interesting responses that we got out of there was so many that were really, really good. But this one really hit me when I thought about it. And it was from Lou. And he wrote, I personally think guys tend to be attracted to more masculine guys because they feel as though they're conquering masculinity. I think when you grow up queer, whether you're out or not, you see judgment in your life, even if it's not towards you. You see cruelty and you see people diminish queer people's existence to nothing because of the hetero people's internalized misogyny and homophobia. I think that there's something in our subconscious that says, if I can be wanted by this man, sexually or romantically, I can be wanted by anyone. I know this isn't the case for everyone, obviously, but at the core of it, of it all, that's what makes the most sense to me. Yeah, that definitely that definitely strikes a chord with me. Yeah. I thought that was beautifully said. And I I think that in that space, you get to see how societal judgments and society's idea of who we're supposed to be, like we were just talking about, really impacts who you are and where you go and what type of relationships you're in. And the thing that's really important that I feel like is the base of this, and Lou didn't say this specifically, but the idea is, is that really the base of things is we want to be loved. We want to be loved and we want to belong. It's part of our evolutionary advantage. We talked about that in the self-love episode about how important it is for us to be loved and cared for. It's part of our survival. None of us are meant to be solely hermits. We really want that love and acceptance. And if you see whether you're out or not, or if you see something about yourself that you think other people are going to judge negatively, you often hide that. That's shame, right? There's something about me that if you knew it, I would not be worthy of love and belonging. And so if you are attracted 
to someone else that you somehow believe will give you that sense of love and belonging, then you're going to try to strive for that piece. And I, I feel like that's kind of the core of, of what he was saying. And I, I, I think it's really powerful what he had to say. No, it was. I'm definitely not crying. It's just raining indoors. <laughs> right. We talked a little bit about polarity and kind of what happens in that space of polarity of masculine attracting feminine and vice versa. And problems can really arise when polarity diminishes. Hmm. So if you're in a relationship and you start to lose your polarity, you lose that connection. You might still have a friendship, but you lose your intimacy piece. So a typical way that we see this kind of happen is when feminine people don't feel seen or heard or or don't feel safe in some way, they feel insecure in the relationship, they can really become like controlling, critical, domineering, nitpicky, like all of those things where you're constantly trying to like control the situation. That type of control is a much more masculine way of presenting. It might be kind of a toxic masculine way to do it, but this domineering or dominant space is not typically feminine. The thing is, is if that if you're with someone who's masculine, they just don't respond well to being controlled. In reality, masculine people live for freedom. They will mm-hmm. die for freedom. Everyone knows that scene from Braveheart where Mel Gibson says, you know, they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. You know what I mean? Like that it's a very masculine concept that they would literally go to war and die to be free. It's a very masculine feeling, this idea of being free. But if a man really loves a woman, then they can often attempt to bend a lot and really give into that pressure to attempt to meet that need, which actually makes them more feminine. And then in our like subconscious mind, we're like, oh, well, if he'll bend for me, he'll bend for anyone. And that makes us actually feel more insecure and more controlling. And then you lose that polarity because now the feminine has become much more masculine, closer towards the center. And the masculine, instead of being that strong, protective, decision, decisive energy, has moved much more towards the center as well. And now you might have a friendship, you might have, you might be roommates, but you know, this is really how passionless or like kind of loveless relationships start because you lose the dynamic of that polarity. Yeah, I'm just I'm tearing up from that whole thing that you just said, because I, I just I I feel like I'm going through something similar in Mm -hmm. my personal life. And I'm guilty of this like feminine slash like um, imitation of masculine energy through some of its toxic ways. And the core of it really is that I just want to be seen and heard. Yes, it's really important. I think I I really don't even know that that's necessarily a total feminine trait, although it tends to be much more on the feminine side, but it's really important to feel understood for women and for, for people who are feminine or have more feminine energy expressed. Like we just really want to be understood. We want the other person to understand who we are. We want to be seen. I think everyone wants to be seen and heard, but I think we often feel misunderstood 
And I think there's a lot of different reasons why that could be true, but it sneaks into our relationships and it, it can make things really, really hard. And it does. And it causes miscommunication, which mm-hmm. is something we asked on Facebook as well, which was yes. what kinds of miscommunications do you run into with your intimate partner? And I also added just in case it could be past partners. So Jason said, when you try to share your feelings and it becomes an immediate trigger, so you end up not communicating. Jason, are you in my relationship? Just wondering. <laughs> I I literally, I, I see that all the time. That has, that is something that I run into in my relationship all the time. I don't know if you run into similar things, but yeah. it's important to understand that if you want to share your feelings about something, you want to talk about something. We talked about how masculine and feminine process. And so we know that it's going to be different, going to be like a little bit different how you process things. But if you feel like the other person is not going to hear you or is going to immediately be triggered by what you have to say, it's not a safe space for you to share how you feel. So the other person often is saying to you, just you have to just be honest. You have to tell me how you feel. But if they know that you're going to get mad or you're going to get triggered, that it's going to somehow hurt you in some way, then even though they want to express how they feel, they're not going to feel like they can because it's not a safe space. And so then we bottle it up. We keep keep it locked up inside. And eventually, especially if it happens over a long period of time, we just kind of explode because we really just want to tell our truth. But we also don't want to hurt the other person either. And so, Jason, I, I feel you on this. It, it can be really, really hard if you feel like the truth of how you feel is going to trigger the other person that you're with. It does make communication really hard. My suggestion around this space is to talk about that, to talk about when we talk about this particular thing, this is what I'm worried about. And, and to have them understand that you don't want to trigger them. And, and to maybe have a way to discuss things or come up with a, a system for discussing things when you're not upset. I find it really important and interesting to spend time discussing things when you're not in a terrible space. We, we tend to wait and discuss things when we're angry or upset, and then all sorts of other stuff tend to come out. So if you have a forum like every Sunday at breakfast we talk about the week, we talk about anything we had problems with and you're talk about things, you know, in a, in a place where you're not already revved up and have a system where if you do feel triggered or revved up, there's, there's something you do, like maybe you walk away or you have a system for, you know, maybe we're going to come back to this in an hour when we've calmed down. So, um, and certainly therapy can help with these types of things as well. I think that's a really good advice. Emil says, when we say something is not a problem, even though it is to spare the other's feelings, which kind of ties a little bit, it only leads to both people feeling disconnected or disrespected. Honestly, I feel like in a lot of ways, that is almost like a response to Jason's. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, because I think that both energies do this, in my opinion. I've seen men say or masculine energy say this is not a problem i don't want to have to deal with it so they pretend it's not there even though it's under there it's in there 
And feminine will sometimes try to talk about things and get it out. But if they feel like the other person is going to be mad or not receptive or just close down, then they'll just silently hold on to it. So I, I think that happens on both ends. But, you know, he's absolutely right. You do feel disconnected and disrespected because in the end, it often feels like the other person doesn't care about you when in reality, I don't think that's true. I, I think if you're in a relationship with someone you care, it just doesn't always get expressed in the way that you want it to. You know, just because someone doesn't love you the way that you want to be loved doesn't mean they don't love you with everything that they have. We need to focus on being able to see that. And part of that is understanding how we communicate. We enter a relationship and we say, this isn't going to happen or we're not going to do some of these behaviors that are related to these energies. And then they just so naturally happen. Yeah. So I think I think the biggest takeaway to take from this episode and the idea of masculine and feminine energy is that we really want to be loved. We form relationships and connections because that's who we are as human beings. Social creatures. Very much so. We were made for this. This is who we are. We form communities. We are highly dependent on each other. Anyone who says I did it all by myself is not really being very accurate because you can't. We're all dependent on each other. Let's treat each other with kindness and grace and learn and grow and try to understand that just because we think of something a certain way or we process a certain way doesn't mean that everyone else is going to process that way too. If we come back to a place of contribution and love and look at that other person and say, what does this person need? Imagine a relationship where both people are doing that masculine, feminine, and everything in between. Imagine what it would look like if when your person is processing in a certain way or is not responding the way you want to, you get to stop and say, wow, I wonder if he is, you know, not feeling, not feeling good about this. Or I wonder if he's feeling like I'm being too critical or am I being really controlling in this space? Like, how can I come at this in a different way? Or maybe on the other side or like, what if I just sat here and listened to what she had to say? What if I just opened myself to understanding that I don't need to fix everything that happens, that she just wants someone to listen? This is the space of connection is focusing on your needs, but also the needs of the person that you're with. And in the end, we just want to be loved and to be together. And I think this is definitely a way to get there, understanding masculine, feminine energy. Well, thank you everyone so much for listening. If you would, if you like this episode, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe to the show and share with your loved ones. And we'd love to hear your input about the episode and what you'd like to hear us discuss next, or if you'd want to share any of your own stories. And once again, thank you to everyone who submits comments for the show and for who and for anyone who shares their personal stories like I do on the show. Yeah. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram and on TikTok and all of those links will be in the show notes. We can't wait to be with you again. Be well and see you next episode. Bye.